Welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule, where you can freely ask questions, share stories, and learn more about how to have a happy home, family, and healthy relationships. Well, good evening and welcome to At Home with Debbie Rule. Tonight we have a great show. We're going to be continuing our discussion on your thoughts on reopening the schools for the 2021 school year and how to prepare your child for the upcoming school year. If you would like to have input on tonight's program and you haven't already written in, you can text us at 325-428-6145. We'll also open the phone lines tonight at 325-597-2119. And if you've been interacting with our Facebook page, we'll be sharing some of those thoughts as well. But you can still go to our Facebook page at Home with Debbie Rule. Also, my personal page, Debbie Rule, has got a uh, posting there of uh, what your thoughts are about opening the school. Several uh, comments on that post as well. Those will be sharing those. Uh, If you want to continue that discussion, you can do that during the show. We'll be checking that periodically. At Home with Debbie Rule uh, Facebook page and my personal page, Debbie Rule. We're happy to hear and share with our listeners your thoughts, stories, and testimonies over the next hour that we spend together. Every week I share these statements of how important I believe the home is. I believe every home should be filled with family, friends, food, music, love, and celebration. But most of all, it should be a place to gather, to be cozy, to feel safe, and the peace of God. I feel honored to have those around me year-round, and I love to say, I'm at home with family and friends. Stay tuned for Thoughts from Home. At Home with Debbie Rule, your place to discover more about home, family, and relationships. We'll be back. I love MediShare because they protect and respect life. MediShare is community. MediShare is affordable. MediShare is biblical. MediShare is uplifting. MediShare is family. Faithful. MediShare is hope. It's love. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, affordable, biblical health care. That's 844-74-BIBLE. The Haven Family Shelter is a domestic violence and sexual assault shelter that serves men, women, and children who are victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Mason, Menard, McCullough, Kimball, Concho, and surrounding counties. The Haven is dedicated to ending domestic violence and sexual assault. The Haven provides services such as 24-hour crisis intervention and hotline, 24-hour accompaniment for medical, law enforcement, or criminal justice. They provide legal advocacy, individual counseling, and the Haven is active in public education, prevention, and community awareness. Support your local domestic violence and sexual assault programs. Speak up about the abuse. Educate yourself and others. Help a friend in need and set an example. For more information on how you can help, call the Haven at 325-597-7644. Together, we can end domestic violence and sexual assault. Home is where the heart is, or is it? Home, family, and relationships can be a challenge. We have some answers for you right here on 95.3 and CanyonRadio.com. Join Debbie Rule every Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. for insights on how to live life more abundantly. At Home with Debbie Rule is your opportunity to call in and get simple answers and share stories. At Home with Debbie Rule, Sundays from 6 to 7 on CanEL 95.3 and CanELradio.com. Get the answers you need to find your heart at home.
Uh, welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule. This is Thoughts from Home. The start of the school year season is upon us, and it's time for parents and caregivers to consider some of the health and wellness issues that arise when kids return to the classroom. By going over a checklist ahead of time, families are more likely to prevent problems rather than having to tackle them later. While returning to school during the COVID-19 pandemic, it will be different for your child. It is important to reassure them that simple precautions can help them stay safe. Inquire with your child's school for information about specific precautions that plan to take and prepare your child accordingly. Talk to your child using terms and information that are age appropriate. For young children, it may be sufficient to remind them to wash hands frequently and cover their mouth with their arm when coughing. Older children may have significant concerns about whether they will be safe in school. Every school year comes with new challenges and experiences, and this particularly true during major transitions, such as graduating or moving to a new school. It's important to talk to your child about what to expect and what they're experiencing. Frequent and open communication is the best way to gauge how they're handling the change. Remember to emphasize with their empathize with their feelings and be mindful that worrying or feeling overwhelmed may be completely normal during experiences like this. After all, major transitions are difficult for people of all ages. Before life turns hectic with schools, take time to evaluate your home environment. Are there any possible stressors such as family conflict, loss of a loved one, trauma, financial difficulties, mental health or substance abuse issues? All of these may have a significant effect on your child's mental and emotional well-being and should be addressed as soon as possible. Make sure kids are getting up to date on their medical care starting at the age of three, especially now with the situation that is upon us. It is recommended that every child undergo an annual physical exam. This allows your child's pediatrician to address any health problems and screen for potential future issues. Children also typically receive vaccines before they start kindergarten, seventh grade, and college. Additionally, we encourage children to receive a flu vaccine each year. Through this preventive approach, parents and medical professionals can work together to achieve each child's maximum potential. Oh, and remember this one, starting each morning with a healthy breakfast. Did you know that studies show children who consume a nutritious breakfast each morning have increased energy and better concentration in school? If you're trying to start your family on a healthier breakfast routine, consider transitioning into better eating habits as the school year starts. That means avoiding sugary cereals and greasy fast foods. Instead, a healthy breakfast should include protein, vegetable or fruit, and a small portion of carbohydrates. Check with your child's school to see if a healthy school breakfast option is available. Plan ahead for school lunches and snacks. Kids who eat healthy foods during the school year feel more energetic and focused. Remember to plan ahead. Monitor with your children are eating. And a healthy lunch includes a meat or a plant-based protein, vegetables, fruit, and a small portion of carbohydrates. Keep in mind that foods are in their most nutritious form when eaten whole, which means avoiding processed foods when possible. School sports are an excellent way for kids to engage in physical activity, build character, and enjoy healthy social interactions. Before school sports begin, help your child choose sports that are that they are interested in, considering the timing of each sports season and aim for a balance throughout the year. It's also best to research what sort of conditioning is required. In the interest of safety, encourage your child to participate in the preseason conditioning throughout the school and individually. 
And don't forget the importance of sleep. Children and teenagers need 8 to 12 hours of sleep each night. The most realistic way to ensure your child gets enough sleep for school is to practice good sleeping hygiene throughout the year. Surprisingly, preparing for a good night's sleep begins during the daytime. Make sure your kids avoid caffeinated beverages, including tea, dark colas, or coffee drinks. Lots of physical activity and limiting screen use throughout the day also are keys to a good night's rest. Lastly, the use of all electronic devices should be discontinued at least two hours before bedtime. Devices also should be stored in a place where children can't access them overnight. Well, homework is an extension of school, so create a homework-friendly environment. A home environment that best mimics a school environment as ideal for helping your child concentrate at the end of the day. If you continue to school at home, or maybe you are still considering what you're going to do, this is a great way to keep things available for kids to do homework and to school at home if that's what you so choose to do this year for the school year. It's preferred, it's preferred to have a desk over a bed or a couch somewhere they can sit and study and feel relaxed but also remain alert and focused. When posting back-to-school photos of your children, do not include any personal identifying information. Avoid any information that may help someone locate your child or steal their identity. It's a shame that we live in the world that we live in today, but be cautious. Social media can be our friend or it could be our enemy. And remember, most of all, celebrate. After you're done preparing for a new school year, try to enjoy the moment. Plan a celebratory dinner, enjoy some music together, or sit down and have everyone list their goals and hopes for the years. Whatever your ritual, we hope your family has a safe and healthy and successful school year for 2020-2021. This has been Thoughts from Home. Stay tuned. We've got more of At Home with Debbie Rule coming up right here, your talk show about home, family, and relationships. We'll be back. The Haven Family Shelter would like to thank their sponsors that support the mission of The Haven. James Long Real Estate, Riata River Ranch, RES, and At Home with Debbie Rule. The mission of The Haven is to reduce the incidence and the impact of domestic violence and or sexual assault in McCullough, Mason, Menard, Kimball, and Concho County. The Haven provides services and support that empower victims to rebuild their lives and regain their dignity within a safe and caring community. Family and relationships can be a challenge, and we have some answers for you right here on 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Join me, Debbie Rule, every Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule. And this week on the program, we'll be talking about your thoughts on reopening the schools in the fall. Join me this Sunday at 6 o'clock right here on 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com for At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationships.
people. Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where we are talking about what your thoughts are on reopening the schools for the 2020-21 school year. This is a continued um, conversation that we started last week on our program, and we're continuing with that. Uh, Lots of good thoughts and opinions on our Facebook page. Uh, Actually, my personal Facebook page is where they ended up on a post that I posted on that one. And um, so we'll be sharing some of those things with you tonight as well, and also helping you um, maybe help your child through the stresses uh, that might be coming with uh, some anxiety or uh, emotional uneasiness about having to go back to school when they might not feel too safe. And so giving you some ideas on that, on what you can do to help them feel at ease, uh, getting back into the school year. If you're choosing to send your child to school, I know there's going to be options uh, for those to do some stay home schooling or also to do um, on campus, on site school. So um, we're going to try to help you with some of those things tonight because through this whole situation with schools closing back in the spring and through the summer, life has been so different. And kids have been exposed to so many things through the media and different areas, um, avenues. And so they have, some are really fearful of whether or not they want to leave home or whether or not they want to even go to school or whether they should go here or there or touch this or don't touch this. Or, you know, we've put um, the fear of God in them. You know, you're going to catch the coronavirus and die. And so we... We want to be very sensitive to that. We want to understand, help kids understand that there is a real uh, virus out there that is potentially dangerous, and we don't want them to catch it, and we don't want them to be in any danger. So, you know, talking with them about that, but helping them uh, understand that they don't need to be anxious or emotionally stressed out about it because it's it's going to be okay. And open communication with your child is really the best way to make that situation better. And joining me tonight on the program is my wonderful husband, Rudy. Hi, wonderful wife, Debbie. How are you tonight, Rudy? Doing great tonight. Can't wait to dig into this subject. Well, we've had some uh, lots of good thoughts uh, on the Facebook page as far as sharing what people think about opening the schools and not opening the schools and opening the schools with parameters and opening the school with no parameters. And, you know, um, as far as social distancing and masks go, I'm not talking about some of the other things as far as keeping things clean and disinfected. That should be a a go anyway um, with as many germs that go around schools with kids, whether we have coronavirus or not. There's other things that go around that kids can catch as well and teachers. So, um, just keeping up with the good health habits um, to stay healthy in general. Um, that's important. And kids are dealing with a lot of emotional stress, I think, um, more so this year. It's, there's always a little bit of anxiety, especially if they're going to a new school or they're being promoted to a grade where they're going into a new level where it um, causes them to go to a new school. Uh, there's always that level of anxiety, and this year I think that level of anxiety has increased because they don't know what to think about going back into school with all of this uh, pandemic information going on. Well, you know, I was reading about uh, consumers are looking for a place to go that they know the proprietors are doing everything in their power to make it safe. 
that's where they'll go spend their money and they won't go places where that's not happening. And so the consumers of our education system, parents and their children, have the exact same desire. What is my school doing to ensure that this is a safe place for my child to go? Mm-hmm. And schools are going to have to demonstrate that they're doing everything feasible and that even means doing stuff that's not feasible, stuff that may be beyond beyond what is asked uh, or required. But, uh, you know, it, uh, education industry is a big industry, employs a lot of people. Mm-hmm. In many cases, the school is the largest employer in a community, and those people need to work. That's one aspect. On the other side of it is... Our society is built on socializing children through the school system. Mm -hmm. And when you take that away, we're not prepared for any alternative. And so we have built in the infrastructure of going to school. So it's absolutely going to have to be made to work some way. Mm -hmm. But what parents have is the option. Yes. If you're a parent and you're concerned you have the option of keeping your child at home. And if you're a parent and you feel like this is a lot of fuss about nothing and you want to send your children to school, you might want to make your voice heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, lot of, a lot of parents are saying, you know what, children are not at risk. They're safer in school than they are at home. Um, they need the socialization. A lot of lower-income children get uh, nutritional meals at school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a safer environment than their home environment. All of these things have to be taken into consideration. And what children are finding out, you know, our three-year-old grandson sneezed and said, that's a coronavirus sneeze. (laughs) It's part of the lexicon now. It's part of the society at the youngest ages. And what our children are finding out is everybody's got an opinion and very few people agree on just how to deal with this, how dangerous it is, how safe it is, whether to wear a mask, not wear a mask, go here, don't go there, do this, don't do that. It's it's uh, it's just an amazing situation we find ourselves in. And like I say, everybody's got an opinion and everybody gets to voice their opinion. And the people that make the decisions listen. And we, what we need is factual information. Uh, a lot of times there is bias in the information we get. We hear about more new cases, or we might hear about more deaths associated with the coronavirus, and we find out that that information is incorrect. What they fail to tell us is that the percentage of lost life versus the cases of positive tests is much lower than they've said in the past. Mm-hmm. And so getting correct information is key. And I'll tell you, there's people out there that are demanding to get the right information. And they are shopping for their news sources. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't change the news industry, I don't know what will. Because this is life and death. Mm-hmm. This is economics. This is losing your house. This is losing your job. This is affecting 100% of the society. And facts and truth needs to be shared and people are demanding facts and truths yes and it's uh and it's affecting our mental health as 
far as adults <laughs> and children are concerned. On our KNEL website, uh, knelradio.com, we've had a, a question of the day that has been posted over the past week, and it's been on our homepage. And um, I thought it was an excellent question. As a matter of fact, it's kind of where we uh, piggybacked off of as far as starting this show last week. And that is um, President Trump said schools need to open this fall. What is your opinion? And this is not a scientific uh, question. There's there's no science to it. It's just you going onto the website, clicking onto the question of the day, and sharing your opinion. And you can also see the results of what other people have shared as far as their opinion. And right now, uh, as it stands as far as uh, what's your opinion, it's a... Uh, the first uh, choice that you have is don't think it would be good. It's too dangerous. We have 33.9% of our listeners that have shared their opinion on that, uh, that they feel like it's just um, don't think it would be good. It's too dangerous, 33.9%. Um, the next uh, choice you have is tend to doubt it would be a good idea, 7.3%. Some say they're not sure. 5.6%. I uh, think it would be a good idea for kids to go back to school. That's another choice. Some people just think it would be a good idea. Uh, that's 11.3%. And the last choice that you have absolutely need to get them back into class this fall. And that's kind of neck and neck with uh, the first one, and it's at 41.9%. Absolutely need to get them back to, into class this fall, 41.9%. Uh, running right up next to it at that 33.9% is don't think it would be a good idea. So we're kind of split uh, almost there with a few people that are not sure and uh, some that tend to think it's a good idea, some not so sure. So, uh, you know, that just tells you people are, some people are not wanting to send their kids back, think it's too dangerous. Some kids, some parents are ready. They don't think that... Uh, it's going to be potentially, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that they don't think it's potentially dangerous. They're ready for their kids to get back into school, but everyone has concerns about it being safe. And no, I don't think there's any parent out there that wants to sacrifice their child for uh, the safety. Uh, they are taking all things into consideration. So uh, there's a, like you said earlier, there's a lot to consider um, when we're talking about sending them back to school. And, of course, you're going to have that choice. So, um, you know, 41.9% saying absolutely get them back into class. 33.9% uh, think it's too dangerous. And the comments that we had on our Facebook uh, certainly was um, get them back into school. Some, some not get them back into school. Some were saying, get them back into school, no mask, no social distancing, let them have normal life. Um, you know, we had that from don't send them back. You know, that's a death trap if you put them in, in that situation. So we had really, uh, we had even one, one comment was, um, get them back into school or give me my school taxes back. <laughs> So it was interesting. I mean, there was a lot of discussion on uh, where they were. So, you know, everybody has their own reasons for wanting them to go back to school on campus or wanting them to stay home and educate. I think everyone wants their child to get a good education. That's not a question. It's just how do we move forward with the situation that we have at hand. Life is dangerous. People understand that. Um, 
you know, you, you can read either side of this issue, and the arguments are very well presented. And depending on the last one you read, that's you could easily have that opinion. Uh, is it safe? That's the bottom line. If a parent thinks it's not safe, don't send your children. And if someone has the opinion it's not safe, respect that opinion. And if someone says, yes, it is safe, respect that opinion. Mm-hmm. And if you think it's safe and you want to send your children back, send them. Yeah. Uh, the experience we have over the last six months, the hospitals have not been overwhelmed. They haven't been uh, flooded. Uh, and the age group we're talking about is the absolute least affected. Those are facts. And so, you know, when you're working on this or having a conversation about this issue, let's look at facts and then we can decide how we feel about the true facts. But let's get the truth out there. Let's find out what's really going on and what the real risk is. And I don't agree with putting children at risk, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to send my children to school and them be in danger of anything. Mm -hmm. And so... And, and, you know, one thing you and I were talking about that, about this this week, is that every area is different. Yes. You know, we, um, we hear of cases in, uh, you know, California and some of these heavily populated areas where the percentages of uh, deaths and the percentages of positive testing, of course, there's a lot more people, but you still have a large percentage of people that are testing positive and their people are on top of people. And so, you know, you, you actually have larger numbers, raw numbers, but the percentages are really way down. Yes, that's true. But what I'm saying is, is that when you have large populated areas and you do have a lot of um, test positive and you have, it, it changes your psyche, I think, a little bit when you see that and when you see that the hospitals are not prepared for that. You know, they're dealing with a lot, like we were talking about L.A. Well, how many people will go into the emergency room in L.A. on a regular basis? And then you add another 10% on top of that of coronavirus people. Are are they able to deal with all of that? Um, Is that why it looks overcrowded? Or is it overcrowded because there's huge numbers of people that have COVID-19? You know, your perception and what's real sometimes is not always... Well, and your perception can be changed by <laughs> information that isn't accurate. Yes. I mean, New York City and Los Angeles are two good laboratories where you could look at crowded situations. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've got a lot of cases of positive tests because there's a lot of people yes. and they're in very close contact. Yes. They have a death rate that is, is un- amazingly low. Mm-hmm. When they get all of the actual facts out there, people are recovering. You have a 98% chance of recovering. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even low. I think it's a greater uh, recovery than that if we had actual factual data. And so, you know, the flu every year, uh, they've always compared it to the regular flu. And they said, well, it's about twice as uh 
virulent or twice as twice the number of uh, fatality associated with it. Well, now they're finding that that's not even accurate. It's less than that. Mm-hmm. What is the real risk? What is the real danger? And you know what? I don't care how minimal the risk is. I don't want my child dying from the flu or COVID-19. And any parent that says that, you have to respect that because you don't want that happening. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to leave it with that thought right now. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back for the second half. We'll continue our discussion on should the schools reopen. They've pretty much decided that they're going to in most areas. And uh, they're giving an option of whether you uh, would like to stay home and educate or go on campus. Uh, Most school districts are doing that. They're still working out their plans. Different states are doing different things, and uh, some states are leaving it up to the school districts themselves. So there's a lot there to take into consideration. But we're going to come back, and we're going to talk the next half hour on um, how we can get our kids back into that um, school um, with healthy emotions and a good start. Uh, because there's been a lot of anxiety as well. So we'll be back. We've got a lot more to talk about right here on At Home with Debbie Rule, your talk show about home, family, and relationships. Stay tuned. we got more to come up. Summer is almost here, and do you want that beach tan without going to the beach? Well, we've got a little bit of the tropics for you right here. Cuts and Such has one month of unlimited tanning for the low price of $45. That's right, one month of unlimited tanning for $45. Cuts and Such is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturday, 9 to noon, for your tanning convenience. No need to make an appointment. Just walk in and experience the newest, hottest tanning beds around. Cuts and Such is located at 1904 South Bridge, so stop by today. When you think of sinfully nice foods, what comes to mind? Cakes, pies, breads, and sweetbreads? Sinfully Nice Foods is not only sinfully delicious, but has made-to-order sugar-free and gluten-free products available as well. Sinfully Nice Foods is a new home business with baked goods that can be a special order for almost any party, event, or just because you want to be a little sinful yourself. Sinfully Nice Foods is certified with the Food Handlers Program and is ready to meet your needs for your baked goods. So the next time that you need a cake, pie, homemade breads, and rolls, give Cynthia a call at 325-456-7740. That's 325-456-7740. Sinfully Nice Foods, it will always leave you wanting more. Fellow Texas parents, my name is Mike Morath, Commissioner of Education for the State of Texas, and I come to you at a very strange time for public education. I am a parent of four young children, and my wife and I, like many, many parents all over the state of Texas, are now struggling with this new reality of our kids staying at home and learning while we have to continue to juggle our work schedules. Uh, while also keeping the peace um, with the kiddos in our house uh, and between ourselves. Uh, it, is, um, it, is a, it is a challenging time for all of us. Uh, we at TEA uh, and educators all over the state of Texas are working mightily to figure out how to most effectively support and provide that support to parents who are in normal times a child's first teacher and in our present times the child's direct teacher. 
As we're all struggling now with this new educational reality of teaching our kids in our homes, both parents doing the support of kiddos and teachers supporting them remotely, here's a few things that my wife and I discussed to try to provide some sense of normalcy to the experience. First, we started with just a schedule. Children need love and they also need structure, and we know that um, like so many parents around the state. So it helps kids feel calmer throughout the course of the day. Dedicated block for breakfast, for lunch, for when to get out and, and play, and when to focus on academics. Coronavirus is a big disruption in the lives of every Texan, parents especially. But no matter what the challenge that we have faced, Texans overcome. So together we will get through this. Stay well. God bless. Welcome back to At Home with Debbie Rule, where we are talking about the reopening of schools, what your thoughts are on that, and uh, how do we help our kids adjust uh, going back into the schools after they've been at home and they've been doing home uh, learning, and now they're looking at uh, possibly going back to school, and some will be still remaining at home uh, to learn and some will go back on campus, and kids are dealing with all kinds of emotions. Some are uh, clueless and just think they've been on a long vacation, and it's time to go back to school. Uh, some have been listening to the news, and they're very scared. Um, some are uh, kind of in between, and then again, some have been home for such a long time now with parents that have been working from home, and when we kind of transition back into uh, parents going back to work and kids going back to school, there's going to be that separation anxiety all over again, especially with younger kids, because uh, they've been at home. And, and parents need to, you know, understand that, that, you know, they've been at home and now all of a sudden we're tossing them back out and saying, okay, now we're going to go back to normal circumstances. And you're going to deal with a little bit of that. You're going to deal with... Um, you know, separation anxiety, you're going to deal with uh, just different types of anxiety and stresses that kids have because they're afraid because of some of the things that they've heard, or maybe they've experienced a family member that's been ill, or maybe, God forbid, death. Um, this is, these are all real things uh, that are going on. And the, the thing is, is that when you're in a leadership position, you've got to make the best choice for everyone. It's not just based on one single family, a typical family. There are all kinds of different things that need to be considered because every family is different. So how do you make the decision that's best for all? It may not serve all, but you've got to find some type of compromise in there where you can make the best decision for the majority. But ultimately, every family needs to do what's best for their family. And uh, I want to share this one. I thought this was a really interesting um, comment because it was something we touched on last week, but we didn't talk about it very much. It was, um, she calls it here, the herd uh, immunity. Okay. And so um, here she is, says, side thought, what is our flu seasons going to look like when so many kids and adults are not strengthened? 
their immune systems to everyday exposures because of the lockdown and because of masks. Kids get their immune boost through herd immunity, not vaccines. If we continue to self-isolate, you will see an increase in all viruses that can be deadly. At some point, we will have to accept this as just another virus and move on with life. There's no amount of Clorox that will cure everything. If you're scared, go rent the movie Bubble Boy and see what extreme you are willing to go to because that may be the only way to be 100% sure, even though something else may come along. I say let go and let God normalcy. You know, and I thought that was one uh, issue that we hadn't really talked about. We talked about it briefly in one of the other shows that, you know, if we're going to continue to keep isolating ourselves, we're kind of doing ourselves a disadvantage. All people, you know, with our immune system, we have to have, we have to have some contact with some germs. I'm not saying take yourself out there and expose yourself, but we can't, we can't remain sterile. I think you talked about that. We're the cleanest country and yet we have so many. We are. We have a very (laughs) fragile immune system because we're so sterile in the United States. Mm -hmm. Other countries, their people are subjected to all manner of, I don't know, contagions and, you know, the strong survive and the weak die, but they, they have a stronger constitution uh, Mm -hmm. physically. You know, we need to boost our immune. We need herd immunity. The writer of that post is absolutely correct. Staying inside just makes us weaker and weaker Mm -hmm. and weaker. And, you know, my earlier comment about not wanting to put my children in danger, to finish that off, children are at greater risk of a car wreck on the way to school than they are of getting the coronavirus and dying in school. Mm -hmm. There's risk everywhere. Some reports say that, Children staying at home are at greater risk than going to school. So what is the real risk? Life is a risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, live. We want to live our life. We want to do all that we can, but we can't take all risk out of life. So mm-hmm. I'm, I agree with the writer. Let's go back to school. Let's assume the, at the best of our ability normalcy like it was a year ago at this time. And you know what? The herd immunity is something that's going to happen sooner or later, and it's better for it to happen sooner. You know, um, in the old days, you'd get a vaccination and you'd have a reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Well, and then you'd get over it. I mean, a lot of times you were being vaccinated with a live virus or a live contagion, Mm -hmm. and your immune system had to defeat it. And some children died, but it was understood you know, this is for the greater good. And, you know, if you're the parent of a child that dies, it doesn't matter that it was for the greater good. You lost a child. Yeah. But and and, uh, and it's a difficult decision. Uh, one uh, comment that was on Facebook was, um, my grandson is struggling with anxiety and depression as a seven-year-old. People don't stop and see how all of these changes are affecting these kids. God does not want us to live in fear. We have to fully rely on him and know that none of this comes as a a surprise to him. God is in control. And I really liked that. The, um, uh, you know, her just openly sharing that she has a seven-year-old grandson that's dealing with anxiety and depression. And that's what I was talking about. So many of them are hearing, 
either parents are scared and so they're, you know, kind of that's kind of overflowing onto the kids or they're listening to the TV or they're listening to other people talk about it and it's causing a lot of worry and stress. And so something that you can look at in your kids uh, to see if maybe they're internalizing something and you may not, maybe they're not talking to you about it. Maybe they don't, they're not old enough to really talk to you about it. You know, sit down and talk with them if you can. Have an age-appropriate discussion. But, you know, some things that you can look at is, has there been changes in their sleep or eating patterns? This is just depression or anxiety overall, but especially now with uh, COVID-19. Changes in sleep or eating patterns, difficulty um, in concentrating. Uh, have, have they had um, a... Um, a, a withdrawal from you or from regular activities or have they wanted to um, not do some family activities you know it, do you see them kind of withdrawing I guess is what you would say look for these things to see if your kids are doing some of these things because there may be something going on there and it may not have anything to do with COVID-19 but there could be something else going on so you know helping them kids have felt lonely you know, they're used to being around their friends and they're used to playing and, and ha being, you know, uh, in relationship with other children. Most kids are. And so all of a sudden they've been thrown at home, you know, with parents and with no one else. And of course, parents are dealing with financial pressure and job loss and trying to work from home when they've got an office that they need to go to. And you know, juggling the kids, I'll stay home today and you stay home tomorrow. And, you know, it, it's so much that they're dealing with those stresses. The little kids feel that. Well, and they parents the make the parents. mistake of saying, don't worry about it, we'll take care of it. Engage your children in conversation. Mm -hmm. They might know more about this situation than you do. And, you know, a, great, a child's greatest need is security as well. Yes. And you speak to their security. You say, listen, Billy or Mary, we've got a plan. And we're going to not let, we're not going to be scared. If somebody gets sick, we're going to go to the hospital. And we're going to get well. Mm -hmm. We've got a plan. We're not worried about it. Uh, we're taking precautions. We as mm -hmm. a country are taking precautions as a state, as a community, as a school system. We're taking all the precautions. And you know what? We're just going to go forward and pray and hope for the best. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If somebody gets sick, we'll deal with it. And mm -hmm. that. That attitude of positivity mm -hmm. and and uh, assuredness will transition. They're looking at their parents, and if the parents are scared, the kids are scared. If the yeah. parents are worried, the kids are worried. Mm -hmm. And maybe a parent needs somebody to vent to and talk mm -hmm. about it. Listen, our children are so much more in tune with what's going on today than the parents were at that age, mm -hmm. and it's just it's hard on parents to get up mm -hmm. to speed with where their children are. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot more to what's going on in the yes, homes. It's there's not just kids staying home from school because we've had to shut the schools down and whether or not we're going to open them again. There's been a lot of job loss. There's been a lot of financial pressures. There's been um, people that have been used to two incomes that now have one income or no income. And people that have been um, forced to work at home instead of, you know, going to their office. And, you know, all these different changes that have been going on, there's been a huge increase in um, drugs and alcohol and all kinds of uh, destructive behaviors and child abuse is up. And, uh, you know, it, it's a sad thing where you're talking about, are the kids safer in school or are they safer at home? You know, there, some people can only handle so much stress. 
and it comes out in really bad behavior sometimes. Well, and people are attacking our system. They're attacking our government. I would tell my kids, we're in the United States of America, and that's the greatest country in the world. We're in Texas, the greatest state in the country. We're in Brady, Texas, the greatest city in Texas, and there's no better place to be. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely believe that. We have a advantage over the rest of the world Mm -hmm. but the news media is attacking our country attacking our response to this virus attacking everything they politicized it and it's just not true it's Mm -hmm. not real it's not fact it's fear-mongering and and somebody a parent needs to stand up and say you know what children don't believe anything you hear and only half of what you read. I mean, that's what they used to say back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. And nowadays you can't believe anything. you got to do your research. I mean, we've got a recent college graduate that we can't even talk to her. And we're trying to get her to, uh, to broaden her horizon and look at other sources of news and get the truth. And some people are just... I mean, have to grow, have to grow. That's another show. Mm. (laughs) Let me read another comment uh, because I thought this one was quite interesting uh, and funny. Um, My kids want to go back to school. One says she is tired of me and can't handle (laughs) another year of homeschooling because I mean, and the other needs his friends. Uh, And just put an LOL. And that is so true. I mean, you know, some some parents are created to homeschool and boy, I applaud you. You are organized and you are just gifted in that and you love it and your kids are happy and they are learning and you are awesome at it. And then there are just some parents that just weren't created to school at home. And there is nothing wrong with you because you can't. There's nothing wrong either way. You know, everybody has strengths and everyone has weaknesses. And we we do what we have to do when we have to do it in the moment. But, you know, if you're gifted in that area and you keep your kids home and you want to educate them at home, I applaud you 100% because if that's what works for your family, then you do it. And if kids need to be in school because that's what's best for them, because in some families it just doesn't work that way, then we need to provide a way for them to be able to receive that education in school as safely as we can because it's not working for them to be educated at home. And everybody is different. And so, um, you know, I'm sure that this is a, you know, what was a funny comment, you know, doesn't want to be at home because he thinks she's mean and, and all that. Parents sometimes just don't have the authority over the kids to get them to do something that a teacher can do. Listen, I I didn't. I mean, I, I, I would have loved to have homeschooled. I, I'm a teacher, but I didn't have the authority. My, my kids would look at me and go, schoolwork? I'm going outside to play. And I'd be like, okay, well, we'll go play for five minutes, and then we have to come in. Oh, well, let's let's go to the mall, and then we can, we can do, you know, our math at the mall while we're shopping. And, you know, I mean, I knew I could not do it. I, I would not be able to do you it. You had them figuring out what's forty percent off this dress. <laughs> you know, I have. You know, you have to recognize that. I Listen, mean, children have personalities too. Some kids are great students, and parents have a great time teaching them. Other kids, boy, yeah, it's like the school calls you and you say, "Hey, I don't call you when they act up at home. Don't call me when they act up at school." Yeah. You know, it's like golly. So, you know, we can't. That's why we can't judge 
other people for what they feel like is best for their family. We need to respect one another and what's going to work for all of us. Do the best that we can to provide a safe environment for our kids and for our families, emotionally and physically. And I think we need to tie the two together, emotionally and physically. I think that's really, really important. Um, this was a very interesting comment as well that was posted. And it said that... Um, if kids are hanging out with friends now, I agree they can do school. If parents are having get-togethers and don't know who these people are, have been exposed to, kids can return to school. Another one is, um, I mean, let's face it, y'all. That's y a good point. Kids are already not social distancing. They are That's going to public pools. They're doing sleepovers. They're going to each other's houses and hanging out with friends like they've always done. They're, another thing is, I think I read that the goat cook-off is still on I'm just reading what's on here. If they're already doing all these things, then they can go back to school. Yes. That's just my opinion. And so, you know, if they're able everybody's to go. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. You know, if we, if we, um, again, and that's for your family. You know, there are some people that are perfectly happy. They were forced to do this back in uh, the spring, keep their kids home because the schools shut down. And maybe they found a system that worked for them, and they want to continue on with that. And they have the yeah. right to do that. That's right. As a nation, we got into a routine. Yes. Every fall, we send our kids to school. Every spring, they graduate that class and come home for the summer. Now it got disrupted. Now everybody gets a input, gets a say-so, can do something different, because they absolutely mm -hmm. had to. We had no choice. The schools were closed. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a rising crescendo of voices that are saying let's get back to normal and deal with it mm -hmm. and so you know i realize there's a lot of people that are saying no too soon too quick look what happens well you're putting off the inevitable maybe i mean certainly who are you going to listen to so well and that's what it is you just have you just have to think about and you have to kind of go with what's in your gut your gut feeling what's good for your family follow that because you know a that's lot of such a good point because you will suffer the consequences of the choices you make mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know other people might say well you know but you might i might have consequences of your choices too well mm -hmm. that's true it cannot be avoided mm -hmm. and one thing that we um it's a good opportunity to keep talking to our kids about keeping, you know, their hands washed. You know, little kids, we're going to be going back to school. And so what are some things that we can do that we need to remember during the day? You always need to do what? Wash your hands. Okay, how do we wash our hands? You know, for how long? And what do we use? We use soap. Oh, okay. You know, we teaching them, which I think is going to be a decrease in some of the other illnesses that have been yeah, going around school. Yeah, hygiene has gone way up. Absolutely. Because we're teaching them to not touch everything, don't lick anything, don't, you know, I mean, you've got these little... <laughs> don't I mean, I'm don't chew today. the ABC gum. Yeah, I mean, my... My little, my five-year-old grandson is just Mr. Clean and would never, ever, you know, pick up anything off the ground or anything. But the three-year-old licks three water off the cement. I, I mean, the three-year-old, uh, you know, if you've ever seen Charlie Brown and you know the character Pigpen, <laughs> I mean, this is him. He's got a cloud it's of dust cloud around. Of dust. And he oh, my is, you know, goodness. So I would be more concerned about him. But, you know, he's probably the healthiest one because he, he you know, he's. He's, he's had he's, every he's, germ we've got. <laughs> He loves to eat dirt. I mean, you know, but kids are different. You know, kids are different. 
And even within a family, you know, we have to, you have to take it into consideration. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with maybe if you're going to send one to school. I keep looking at that three-year-old and saying, what is the matter with you? I mean, he is just from the planet Mars or something. I don't know where he's from. He's a lot like our son, too. Good grief. But anyway, you know, there's nothing that says you can't send one to school and keep one home. I mean, I don't know if that would work for your family or not, but, you know, kids have different needs at different ages. Some of the older kids, uh, they enjoy doing sports and they have a different type of social life and they would do better going on campus to school. Maybe the little ones are a little more uh, fragile because they don't practice good hygiene, and they so they need to be kept at home. Maybe, I mean, you know, there's there's no formula here that says it's all or nothing, and you need to figure out what will work for you and what will work for your family, and get counsel, talk to other people, talk to, uh, find out what the school districts are doing for, um, for well, our and plan you should know him. your children better than anybody. Yes. You know what's going to work and what isn't. And you have now the opportunity to design your own plan, really. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with getting counsel and talking to somebody. Some some people need to talk things out to process it and come to the decision that's best for them. And that makes them feel better to be able to. So talk to, uh, talk to people that are uh, educators, uh, to teachers, and find out how they're feeling, what they think, and, you know, what your thoughts are and your concerns, and, and work through them. Don't just remain silent. Work through those things. Process them. Come to the best decision that you can for you and your family. Uh, if it's sending all of them to school, keeping them all home, sending one, keeping one home, whatever it might be, uh, providing an environment at home if you're going to stay home for them to be able to uh, do their schoolwork and remain in a schedule and you know all those things that we've talked about before is uh, we've talked about before with that homeschooling uh, there's things that you have to take into consideration with that as well so that's a lot to lot to think about you know bottom line if you don't want to send your kids to school don't if you want to send your kids to school let somebody know it's time to send kids back to school mm-hmm. yes and we want to uh, say thank you to all those that participated right. in the we Facebook. We respect everyone's opinion. Yes, and I really enjoyed reading uh, the comments that were uh, on there. Also, uh, the opinions that we have on our question of the day on our KNEL website, knelradio.com. Go to the home page. If you go to that question of the day, it is uh, Trump wants to open the schools. How do you feel about it? There's the four uh opinions there you can check the one that you feel um, the best about and you can check and see the results of where everybody else is that's been uh, answering that question is too it's kind of split almost uh, with sending kids back to school ahead of it's too dangerous to not send them but they're pretty close so uh, some are feeling that they don't need to send kids some are feeling that they do but it's ultimately up to you we thank you so much for being with us tonight and inviting us into your home. We always love hearing from you and spending Sunday evening with you, sharing our thoughts about home, family, and relationship. From our home to yours, I'm Debbie Rule. And I'm Rudy Rule. And we'll see you next week right here at 6 p.m. on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Have a blessed week. Thank you for joining us today for At Home with Debbie Rule. You can be at home with Debbie Rule every Sunday on Caniel 95.3 FM and CanielRadio.com. Follow At Home with Debbie Rule on Facebook and podcast on iTunes. 
See you next week at home with Debbie Rule for more insights on home, family, and relationships. Oh, 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 oh,